0: Welcome to the podcast, From Crisis to Connection. I'm Jeff Stewart, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist, and I'll be bringing the professional perspective.
1: I'm Jody Stewart, unlicensed wife, mother, daughter, sister, friend, and neighbor, and I'll be bringing the regular, everyday perspective.
0: We are all about relationship recovery, and we'll tackle tough topics like infidelity, abuse, addiction, pornography, and betrayal trauma.
1: We also focus on helping you build stronger connections in your most important relationships. So thanks for joining us. We're glad you're here.
0: Welcome back, everyone. It's so good to be with you every single time.
1: Yes, it sure is. We're glad you're here with us. And today we have an exciting guest to share with you. We're really happy to have Shannon Brown with us. And let me just tell you a few things about Shannon. She has practiced as a marriage and family therapist for 20 years. Uh, she's helped hundreds of couples. She's also branched out into some coaching, and she has has after years of teaching and discussing the same information time after time, she has created a program uh, with a directive approach to recovering, healing and reconnecting after an affair. So, she has a lot of experience about our topic today and We'll just jump right in. Shannon,
2: welcome. We're so happy to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and chat with you guys.
1: Great. We're thrilled that you're here. And this is such
2: a good topic.
1: It's very pertinent as you see in your office. So frequently, a lot of couples just needing some healing and some direction surrounding affairs.
2: Yes, it's a common topic that enters in, into my office, so for sure, almost mm-hmm. weekly. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, you too, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and I and you probably have seen this too in your practice. I've seen it, certainly mine, which is that a lot, of, we're, today we're going to talk about infidelity prevention, but I don't really ever get a lot of couples that come into my office wanting to talk about infidelity prevention. Most people are coming in wanting infidelity intervention right. after right. something has happened. Yeah. And right. right, and they're coming in, the bomb's gone off, and now we're just picking up pieces and trying to figure it out. But this conversation ultimately does happen as we start to get deeper in the process, and the, the prevention stuff starts to really come up as they look at their new marriage and really want yes. to protect what they've worked so hard to heal.
2: For sure. Yes. Yeah, that,
3: I, that been the case yeah, for you?
2: I, yeah, I actually will say that in sort of a Preamble to what are we doing? What's our, you know, what are the possibilities here, right? For this, for this recovery process for you folks. And I will say, look, part of what's going to happen here is we're going to be preventing a reoccurrence, which, which is really good because there's so many times when there's reoccurring situations, reoccurring betrayals, reoccurring affairs. So to really be even if you're maybe you're doing your prevention, uh, quote unquote prevention within the context of the recovery process, it's still beneficial.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I would love to have an opportunity to speak to every couple who's dating, engaged, and early married. And really go through this conversation. But again, unfortunately, most people think that their love is going to be enough and that it'll make them bulletproof and Mm -hmm. that somehow Mm -hmm. once they commit to each other, they'll be fine. And I don't think this is something that's on a lot of people's minds when they're forming their relationships. Right. It wasn't on ours. No. We didn't talk about it.
1: No. Yeah. We weren't thinking about anybody else or having the kind of problems that were, you know, causing us to.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, I don't think anybody does i think they put their partner on a pedestal and oh we would i would never do that and you right. would never do that i mean we don't even think that that's in the realm of possibility
1: mhm and is it your experience that the things that can prevent an affair once one has been going on in the relationship is it the same for relationships that haven't experienced anything like that before is the prevention was- the same
0: Oh, for a couple you know, that's already been through infidelity versus one that's never been yeah. through it. Oh, okay.
2: That is a very good question, Jody. I think, yes. But of course, the conversation, I think the context of the conversation is going to be a bit different if you've had an affair, right? Because you're going to be sure. talking about the things that happened. Like, well, remember you did this, that, and the other. Let's do something different. So, yeah. But yes, I mean, I, for the most part, I would say.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I do agree with you, Shan. I think a lot of this stuff is very universal for just protecting a bond. And, but boy, I'm telling you, it's kind of like, I remember John Van Epp years ago, he wrote a, uh, he wrote a book called How to Avoid Marrying a Jerk. And he said that when he wrote the book originally... He wrote it for couples that were dating and engaged, but then he found that they were actually the least motivated group of people to to look at that topic. <laughs> Big
1: time, and yeah. it was
0: the people that had been through divorce or had lost a relationship that were like, "This is not going to happen again." Super motivated. Yeah, we're yeah. this is that this is the makes last total time.
3: Total sense, yes. right? And
0: so I think it's the same with it, with infidelity prevention. I mean, the people that I think are the most motivated are those that have been burned by, it. and I have seen in my practice over the years a lot of people that are dating and engaged that come into work with me and want to talk about this because they had a parent do it or they were Mm -hmm. cheated on in a dating relationship
3: or a previous marriage.
0: But they've had some exposure to it and they're like, I cannot put myself or my family or my spouse through this. Like we want to be really wise about it. So I think there is, there has to be, I think for people to care about this, naturally they have to have had some kind of contact with it.
3: For sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think even times when I've maybe thrown that out there with some of my premarital counseling folks as, hey, you know, if we're doing X, Y, and Z, we want to maybe look at that because that could be something that could lead us down the path of maybe crossing a line with another person. And the look on people's faces like, no, that would never happen to us. Like, what are you talking about? Right. Because <laughs> right. they're premarital folks. They're, we're getting married here in the next six months. We're, we're yeah. excited. We're, yeah, it's not even in there. Realm of thinking at that at that
3: point.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly why we're talking about it. We want mm-hmm. this to be exactly. surely, Yeah, we want this to be something people are talking about. Kind of like yeah. insurance. You know, you never want to have to use it, but but you definitely to have, have it. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, and it's like any other crisis too. I mean, if we're thinking about what are the potential crises that could could impact our relationship or our marriage on down the line. Let's talk about that. Like, what are we going to do? How are we going to prevent them? And this is just one of those things, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I tend to again go over with all my pre Here, Let's look at all, let's go through this relationship with a fine-tooth comb. Let's look at all the potential issues that could, that you could bet up against as you go along this journey of marriage. And let's just talk about them ahead of time. Let's be preventative. So this is one of those things that's, I think it's important. And I don't even know that I necessarily do the best job of really pointing the finger at infidelity. I may say, hey, let's look at staying connected. Let's look at mm-hmm. what, yeah. it, you, know, you know, just all those, but I don't necessarily frame it in. And this could prevent infidelity. So even as I'm conversating about this today, it's like, well, maybe I should probably point that out a little bit more, even though People don't want to hear it, but it is one of those, again, those crises that people can mm-hmm. come up against and mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be the end of the relationship. Because I think that's the thing too, is people automatically go to, well, that's a deal break. Sure. Until it happens to you.
1: Right. And then those, those people are often, mm-hmm. in my experience, they're often like, I mean, I wouldn't have thought I'd want to make this work, but this is my person I love. So is there potential for us to get through this together?
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's what I see. Well, and I know my results are skewed because they're coming in my office, right? Mm -hmm. They're not coming in my office and they obviously have no desire to keep things going, but yeah, it's basically, yeah, looking at that. And I think too, I think that most people have a bit of a a skewed just idea about infidelity, what that even is and
3: mm.
2: what cheating even is. Or I like to even say what's a betrayal, right? Because yeah. people, I think, have this very narrow idea about it until they're there. So in other words, maybe somebody thinks, you know, oh, if my partner sleeps with someone else. But then I have those folks that come into my office and Nobody slept with anyone else, but they had maybe some text message exchanges um, with someone of the opposite sex, for instance, and it broke their heart. You know, they felt, again, betrayed in that. And so I like to just kind of put put it out there as like, let's just think about it as do we feel betrayed know, maybe even leave aside, again, infidelity, cheating, because again, those seem to ha- come with a lot of ideas around them that maybe isn't really necessarily what happened for a particular person, but they feel again, like you crossed the line, you betrayed me because you spoke in this way to this other person.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that sometimes when you start the conversation, even if you're, you know, wanting to have a prevention conversation, a lot of the times the language around it can be so black and white, so absolute. Like, like this is cheating this is infidelity instead of these are like areas that we probably should avoid or we should be really careful these are like leading behaviors or these are these are like areas that could sow the seeds of infidelity of cheating down the road instead of you know if you look at another woman you're unfaithful to me that can really shut down communication that can shut down the opportunity to talk through things and dial in really what are healthy expectations and behaviors for this couple To create connection and safety Mm -hmm. um, instead of it just being kind of pass
2: fail. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that could be a conversation if folks out there that are listening could have with their partner. So, what, what would be the definition of infidelity to you? Or what would be a betrayal to you? What type of behaviors or actions or things that I would say to someone else or do with someone else that would feel like that to you? having Mm -hmm. those conversations and just putting it right out on the table that in and of itself is a preventative measure because you're actually just putting it out there and actually bringing some light and awareness to the topic Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: so this experience came up before when we were talking to shannon and i wonder if you would share it again about Oh, oh yeah
0: i remember this yeah we you mean like yeah it was like 20 years ago yeah when we were yeah there was an experience I had where I love music, and it's it's a it's like you know kind of a second language for me. It's something that I, I feel a lot of deep emotion about, and I love to share with people. Love to introduce mm-hmm. people to new music and just make connections and stuff. And there was an experience where I had I had made, and this this will date us a little bit, but I was making a <laughs> like a mix CD. <laughs> <laughs> not, was it not a, a mix tape, tape? tape.
1: Not a mix tape. it wasn't oh, a was tape. It was a, tape. Tape. <laughs> it was a CD.
0: <laughs> But I had I had just uh, somebody another woman had just made some comment about liking certain bands or whatever so I just was like all my enthusiasm very innocently put together a mix CD of uh, of a bunch of my favorite songs and anyway gave it to her and Jody you were like Jeff that that's kind of the thing that like people who like are dating or in relate flirting or, you know, that's sort of like a, a signal to a degree. Well, and you,
1: you had done that for me when we were dating. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Of course I did. <laughs> right. Cause I love to share music and it didn't occur to me that this was one of those gray area leading things, you know, mm-hmm. obviously uh-huh. in my, in my heart, I knew it was a very, it was about the music. I didn't really care about it. I wasn't looking for a relationship, but it created like a I red felt flag.
1: I didn't like it. Absolutely. It felt personal to uh-huh. me. And I, but, I couldn't yes. have said ahead of time. Well, it would feel like a betrayal to me if you shared a mixed CD with somebody. I couldn't have okay, identified good point, that, Jody. But when it came up, I felt, yeah, I was like, oh, wait a minute. That's wait if you're going to make a CD, unless it's from like a family member or something. I'm dude? your girl, <laughs> yeah, or any other guy in the world. It needs to be for yeah. me. <laughs> And so it was an important conversation for us to have. Yeah. And, and you handled it beautifully because I brought it up. I, and I did, I wasn't as, at the time, I remember you saying that, that I said she might get the wrong idea, but I wasn't as concerned about her. Yeah. I felt you were getting threatened. the wrong idea. Yeah. It I was didn't like, like hey, how that was buddy. feeling and how that went. Yeah. And then you were like, oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. I get that. I'm, I will make mixed CDs for women, not a big deal.
0: Yeah, never (laughs) happen again. No. Right.
1: And I never had to worry about it again, but it was an important conversation to have.
0: But that's a really good point that, like you were saying, Shannon, like so many of these conversations, you can think of certain situations maybe that you've had experience with or you've seen, and you can maybe have a starting place, but there will be surprises. There will be things that come up where you're just like, Mm -hmm. I don't like that. And you may be like, well, that's normal in my family, or that's fine, right. or I don't, you know, and you, that's where the couples have to talk about it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what I would say is maybe we don't, we can't name every single possible sure. scenario that's going to show up. But we can definitely say, hey, let's just explore this. What do you think? What do you, what would bother you? What could, what yeah. could I say to somebody of the opposite sex that would Really feel threatening to you, or would feel like crossing of the lines for you, right? Yeah, you could just have those conversations. Mm-hmm. I think that. Yeah, I think you have
0: to have a starting point. Beautiful.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, you have to start, have a starting point because I think you're right. Like you can use your imagination and just say, I know. For like you and me, when we. I remember early on in our marriage, we were like. Hey, let's avoid having one-on-one like lunches or going on car rides with somebody. Mm-hmm. The opposite, like, even we at knew, work
1: with coworkers and stuff,
0: because we had run into that early in our marriage. That mm-hmm. came up somehow, carpooling I think when or something. I was
1: working, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, and so I think we were at least aware of that. But a lot of this is organic, and and I think it's based on I think it's based on the idea, the belief that nobody is you know, immune. impervious to this. Yeah, that, that
3: for if, you live sure.
0: your, if you live your life believing that's not going to happen to me, you're not going to have these conversations. But if you're honest and, and humble happen. enough to recognize, no, anybody can get pulled into this.
2: Yeah. And that is why I think it is so beautiful that we're having this conversation today because I literally feel like that is most folks when they go into marriage is they don't even see this as at all a possibility for them or their partner. And people don't get is that, yeah, we all are, we can all get vulnerable to that. Mm -hmm. We really can. And that's why it's like, let's talk about the things that would make us vulnerable to that. What would make me vulnerable to that? I don't know. What would, well, Mm -hmm. if I wasn't feeling close to you anymore. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about that. What would, yeah. what would make me not feel close to you anymore? Or, you know, what do you think? What would make me start talking to somebody else? Oh, well, maybe because you, if you weren't talking to me anymore, I mean, or something. You know? Yeah. Right. So we yeah. can just start to brainstorm that.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Like I, I'm just remembering another experience that we had when, when we had three little kids and Jeff was very busy at work and in the community and we were not getting a lot of time or connection to life was just busy and I was a full-time stay-at-home mom anyway we uh, I do remember a time yeah. when there was such a distance between us that I started to notice just other men in town I just would notice and just be like well oh, he's probably a really great attentive guy <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like oh wow that's like going on for me but I'm married to somebody and it so, we talked about yeah, it. Yeah, we did. I Beautiful. brought it up. I was like, "We're in a bad place because I'm seeing other men, and they're looking good to me." Like Jody, <laughs> seriously, you did that? Because I did because yeah. I didn't want That's us to amazing. get in trouble. I didn't want to end up. I could see that, like it was, it sounded exciting to me that something outside my marriage might fill the void, mm-hmm. and it, it probably came from conversations about how how, you know, just the nature of Jeff's work and a lot of people end yeah. up in affairs because there's distance in the relationship. And I was like, Hey, there's this thing I happening. Think it's happening. Sorry, I <laughs> and, yeah. And yeah. So, okay. as hard as so, that can be right to say. So, yeah. What are you,
2: yeah. what are you thinking, well, Shannon? Well, okay. So first of all, I was just like, my mind just went, Ping, you know, because, because I think, That is what I, what we want people to do, right? We want people to anytime we start to, and that's one of the things I think that is a preventative tool is to think, am I fantasizing? Am I starting to, it's one thing to notice a handsome guy or a beautiful woman or even like find some attraction to somebody's body or whatever the thing is. Okay. Fine. Sure. We're human. That's whatever. But to then be able to notice if we're going into that fantasy world with it i'm fantasizing about them i'm thinking about them all the time Ooh, i can't wait till i can maybe talk with them or so we don't but we don't we don't have an awareness around that you did i think jody because of what jeff does for a living and all like you just shared i think there's Mm -hmm. a little bit more a lot more of an awareness but the average person out there i don't think has any kind of touch point Any. Nothing's been, again, this hasn't been talked about or even, so, again, why we're having this conversation. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I think that makes
1: people aware. Yeah. I think people can misunderstand. If they start to have some kinds of feelings outside the marriage, then they think, then it's because there's something wrong with the marriage inherently, not just, there's stuff going on that if we correct it, then Things outside won't be exciting anymore. That we can like, we can repair, we can create something here that will keep us together.
2: I think you're hitting on something there, yeah. That people actually recognize that, like that. All that means is, okay, I need to go talk to my partner, just like you did. I think just took it as a cue. It's a cue. Oh, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm having these thoughts. It's just a cue. Okay, let's go to my partner and say, hey, you and me, let's get let's get reconnected. Let's let's focus on each other more are we too child focused what's going on right so mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah taking it as a cue
0: well i think another thing that it does too is it really i mean using this example that you shared jody there's a real difference between feeling those feelings and and then feeling like because you feel them you have to do something with them meaning sure. that it's a sign and i have no other option and You could start to blame your partner you could have blamed me and said oh jeff's just too preoccupied with his career or with you know his hobbies or whatever i don't remember all the context during that time but but there was a lot going on that kept that was creating distance with us and the personal responsibility to close that gap Mm. rely i think resides on both people you know because if one person's just trying to close it and I didn't respond or if I was mm-hmm. trying to get closer to her but she's like, "Well, I've just felt so distant, I have to like move away from him." So it's not to me it's it's like if that comes up as like a dashboard light, "Hey, there's a lot of distance and I'm feeling pulled this direction." Recognize that there is an individual responsibility to to decide how you're going to respond to those tugs because mm-hmm.
1: and it is a very vulnerable thing to do. Yeah. Because if you go to your Uh-oh. spouse if you want to go to them to see if you can open up those channels of connection and communication there is a threat that they may not care and that's what I I was coming to Jeff saying I'm having these other feelings does that matter to you do you even care do we have something that's worth mm. working on <laughs> mm. and you don't always know the answer to those questions so yeah, it is it's, that's right. it is it uh, is it takes mm-hmm. courage to be able to bring stuff up because i think even in you know in a marriage relationship there's just you just don't know where the other guy is at
2: necessarily especially if there's distance yeah did you feel like what was the distance describe that for me was were you guys feeling really disconnected in that moment in time like spending very little time together or you weren't having i was feeling know, that connection yeah. i was feeling it yeah i was feeling like really
1: hurt really unseen, mm. really, in some ways I mm-hmm. felt taken advantage of like my, how I was showing up and my efforts. I like, there was just no relational reciprocity, you know, I, so I, okay. I do remember feeling a lot of that. And, and I mean, I guess I was, I mean, we, we had gotten to that exactly. point, but it wasn't until I started noticing other people that I was like, well, this is bad, It's you know, maybe that was just the signal. Yeah. was It's worse than I thought it was. But, you mm-hmm. know, I want to say in the majority of relationships when you bring something to your partner like that, like, do you care? I want you and me to be the strongest thing, then they really will respond like they do care, like it matters, and there's a chance to fix it.
0: I don't think that's the rule. I, th- in my I think experience,
2: defensiveness. Yeah. <laughs> Depensiveness um, is the rule.
0: I think you got a good response <clears throat> from me.
2: Oh, thank you.
0: You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but um,
2: Because he's a marriage therapist. Yeah, well, maybe so. And I'm not perfect. Sure. I mean,
0: my gosh, like I allowed some distance to happen and, you know, got distracted with life or whatever. But but no, I don't it think that... It feels
1: threatening. It would feel threatening. For most
0: people, it would feel threatening. It would be like deeply wounding and threatening mm. instead of it being like a, a reach or a connection... And I think that's the message mm-hmm. I hope to, we hope okay. to send out today, which is if you're going to have this conversation to one, frame it as an attempt to reconnect and not like as a, Hey, I'm wanting someone else other than you, which can feel very threatening. Oh, for sure. Or blame, which is, you know, you're creating all this distance it's like you're trying to close a gap and it's coming from a yeah. place of you're important to me. I don't want to lose you. I don't want to lose us. Yeah, You know, and I, I don't remember how it came up or how you brought it up, but it, you know, that's where we ended up and, yeah. and I, you know, we obviously corrected it and we moved on, but, and then anytime there's been distance or gaps or things like that, that come up in our relationship, you know, we, we both have to take responsibility and look at them.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, I don't, my experience, at least again, I, I know my sample is skewed because it's people that are coming in that are distressed. Mm-hmm. But I think in most cases, it's naturally very threatening. So it's risky. Yeah. But if you're on the receiving end of it, I would encourage you, you know, if your partner does come to you and has the guts to bring this up and admit, you know, what's happening for them, I would hope that you would be open and recognize that they're trying to get closer to you.
2: Yeah. Well, that's a good point. That's a good Can point. I- I wonder what you would think about this, what you guys would think about this, but do you think that it's probably better that maybe they don't bring up the fact that they were maybe thinking about somebody else? I mean, what do you think about that? Do you think it's better mm-hmm. that they say, hey, you know, I saw this other person and I was attracted, yada, yada, or just leave that part out and just go to your partner and say, you know, I'm just feeling really disconnected. Like I miss you. And the things that you just mentioned, Jeff, just Hmm. what do you, I mean, what do you think? Leaving that piece out or bringing it into the conversation? (laughs) That's a
0: great question, Shannon. Uh Um, I have, I have a thought. What's your thought?
2: (laughs) You hear my thought
1: first? Sure. Yeah. My thought is that just knowing myself, the nature of me and our relationship too, is that I probably brought that up because I thought it would get attention and I felt like it needed attention and I might not get heard unless I was that honest about it. Okay. Okay. So that's what I'm thinking. How about you?
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say, is that mm. I think that, you know, I think every relationship is different. And I think at that point in my life, and our marriage, like I was highly distractible. I was very overwhelmed. I don't even remember what year it was. It was early on. We had small kids.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And I'm sure she had probably tried to bring it up in other ways you know, the distance.
3: Okay. I'm sure you Mm -hmm. had already made
0: other attempts.
2: Trying to close the gap. Yeah. Hey, it's almost like you need that shock value. That Yeah.
0: Yeah, So I think at that point it was like, hey, buddy, like this is like, (laughs) this is serious. Like, yeah. and so I think that as a general rule, I think most people will probably be more indirect. And I think Mm -hmm. it probably does stand a reason to say something like, hey, let's spend more time together. I'm feeling kind of lonely or, hey, let's do something. You're important to me, whatever. But I think if you really are like this isn't going anywhere then I think deploying that truth bomb can be really helpful.
3: <laughs> sure, okay, sure. And
0: if in so I think in my case I needed the truth bomb. I wasn't taking the message.
3: Mm.
0: And, so you're and Jody, give them... Mm-hmm. No, Jody tends to be very direct anyway.
3: Yeah, that's true. And so you you lead with
0: a lot of directness and I tend to be very indirect. Mm-hmm. And so you know, and so I uh, oftentimes will even hear things indirectly. I just, I sort of like probably need a sledgehammer occasionally <laughs> to like get through. So it worked for us, worked. but I, I think you have to know your relationship and know what you've already tried, I think is what we're trying to say.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because like you said earlier, then if you, if you do give them that truth bomb, then there's that risk of them. Again, they're going to get maybe defensive and not necessarily take it. The best. They're not necessarily going yeah. to. Oh, okay. Let's let's.
3: Get <laughs> yeah, or miss.
2: Yeah, maybe
1: misunderstand yeah. even. miss and think right. that you're saying you want
2: something right. outside, the right. about I, something that I, hasn't I, even happened. Yeah, I could Which see that dangerous. happening. That's why I asked the question because I, yeah. I think I could see that happening with a lot of folks. They would just they would start to go in their head like. Oh my gosh, you're actually going to have an affair.
1: (laughs) Right. You're actually going to do this.
0: Or what? Yeah. yeah, What don't I know? What have you already done? Or it can get.
1: Yeah. Being too cavalier with the word divorce in your relationship, that if you're not very, very cautious about that, then mixed messages can get sent and couples can like believe that the other person wants it or isn't committed to the relationship. Yeah. And so, yeah, this does have that potential if it's if yeah, it's I, cavalier. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I agree. Yes, pr- so, Got to wrap
0: some more words around it and not just be like I'm having feelings for someone else.
3: Yeah. It's like, <laughs> right, okay, there's a right. lot
0: more going on behind that. Let's have that conversation. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. Because yeah, for I didn't I wasn't having feelings for somebody, but the idea of somebody else was sounding better. Yeah. Than our relationship.
0: Right, than her phantom husband.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess
1: that's Yeah, be, to be yeah. that's something that can be a fair proofing is to be aware of signals like that
3: things that For things sure. that draw your That's attention huge.
1: outside of the relationship so huge. Shannon let's hear let's hear some more from you of things that that you know are really helpful in terms of a fair prevention
2: Well I think one of the unpopular things that I often talk about with my folks is this idea that we want to make sure if we've got children in the mix, Especially, I think it happens a lot with small children, younger children, is that we're we're becoming a child-focused marriage versus a partner-focused relationship. Yeah. Right. Do you, do you, do you know what I'm saying with that? Does that make oh, sense? Oh heck too? yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I see I, that it, a lot. Yeah,
0: Just, it's really common. I think now more than ever, where yeah. children. Like people think of their marriage as like just family. Like we're just a family. And it's like, mm. yes. And your kids are also counting on a marriage to like support them. Because yes. marriage isn't just about us- the individuals. It's about stability for children as well if you have children. Yes. And you've got to nurture that as a separate unit.
1: Yeah. That like investing in your spouse and in treating the marriage like it's it's something that needs to be nurtured is really, really good for kids. Yes. So, it's better for kids yeah. than spending all your time with the kids.
0: I met yes. with a couple recently who told me that the only time they've ever gotten a babysitter was for the counseling appointments we were having. Oh.
3: And bingo. I said right. I yeah.
0: said, "Oh, wow. Okay. Let's have that conversation." Okay. Sure. I mean, I know that like a date night's not going to fix what you guys are coming in with, but in terms of prevention, there's obviously like been a huge imbalance with just being too family-centered. And of course, you know, a lot of people are living through their kids and feeling like like they have to be there, and we're all so scared of our kids being, you know, not getting enough of their parents and and stuff. But I, you know, I love Jim Gaffigan's joke where he says this. He was speaking about today's culture and he says, "I've taken more pictures of my kids than my dad ever looked at me." <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. So and I just think it's brilliant. And sure. it's just like our
3: we're very our
0: focus is so focused. much on the kids, and and I mm-hmm. think that our and I, it's such a tragedy to see children leave the house and, and then couples really almost feel scared of what, what will their life look like without mm-hmm. the focus on the kids.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that, totally. that's so preventable.
2: I don't know if you've seen this, Jeff, too. I don't know how to quite say it, but it's this idea and it comes from moms. I don't see it as much from dads. But this idea that they need to be focused on the children and their husband needs to just grow some, you know, what's pull up their bootstraps. And you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. that's just the deal. attitude mm-hmm. I've heard. Like, why do you need my attention? Like, I've got kids here and grow up, you know, it's kind of like, I don't have time for this relationship right now. I don't have time for you. You're like another kid to me. Do you Mm -hmm. you see that at all, Jeff? Because And it's really hard to, that's such a mind shift that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. It's difficult to navigate that. Well, and a
1: shift on a lot of different levels too, because if if she's going to make the move from being child-centered to like giving more attention, there needs to be a sense of like partnership and reciprocal strength and comfort that can go between the husband and the wife otherwise it will be just like yeah i can't if you need energy like a child i can't help you with that because
2: i got the kids but
0: yeah i guess it depends on what the, he's asking for yeah
2: well and i think the energy like a child becomes like that as a result of feeling so lonely in the first place right? I sure think it yeah. can for sure. sure yeah
0: yeah sure can yeah and there could be a lot of jealousy yeah. a lot of i talked to a lot of men who feel just really jealous of This new competing attachment. They bring in this baby into the world that they both are just crazy about, Mm -hmm. but they almost feel like, oh, like all her attachment energy is going to this little helpless person who I should care about too, in the same way, but I'm feeling kind of jealous of. And you see that transition of parenthood. A lot of men feel like they're not getting the attachment connection, they're having to share it now. And it can be a very strange thing. And it seems almost like Who's going to compete with an infant? That's so immature, right? Just
2: but, Right, on but, the surface of it, it looks like that.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. But it really is speaking to this marital focus, which can easily get swallowed up in the needs of a new baby. Yeah. And then adding more children and all their activities and everything else. The marriage can very much take a backseat.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: I just believe affairs a lot of the times. So again, I, I believe affairs happen in good marriages. Yeah. And marriage Affairs Absolutely. are not always a sign of a bad marriage. But it does speak to the fact that like the needs, the adult needs of connection, being seen, being nurtured, being taken care of, being close to someone, those will get met somewhere Mm -hmm. and you have to take responsibility for where you're going to put those.
2: Mm -hmm. For sure. So that's a tough conversation. It's a tough one to navigate, but it's so crucial for folks to just think about that. Let's make sure our relationship is still a focus. Yes, we have to do everything for for the kids. Yeah but let's yeah. still take time to make sure that we are good. We're on the same page. We're a united front. It breeds security within children when the parents Brilliant. are good and solid yes. and secure. Yep. And they like that. They like seeing their parents that way. They don't need a split one parent and child over here and another parent and child over here to see a lot. That's, that, Children don't need that, don't right. want that, don't, that doesn't breed security. Yeah. Within the, within yeah. The <laughs>
1: and even though the nature of children is that they'll take as much energy as you'll give them. That, right. So at some point, if you can just create, a, I guess, a boundary of sorts Please. for the marriage so that the marriage can thrive, it's counterintuitive, but to give your energy to the marriage and create a strong foundation there, the kids will benefit. Way more, like we said, than if they get all of your undivided attention, and the marriage doesn't get. Kids need a break anymore. from their parents.
2: They do,
3: man. Yeah. They do <laughs> all the hovering, and that's the thing. The...
2: the idea around we don't like anyone else to, to watch our children. Mm-hmm. It's hard to again have that conversation, but yeah, your kids actually benefit from not having you watch them all the time. You know, be there. Yeah. yeah they can benefit from a babysitter or another family member or friend having those interactions and those yeah they can benefit from that mm-hmm. absolutely so it's good no, that's it's a great one stuff. Mm-hmm.
3: that's okay. a great one
0: let's keep going yeah. what other what, what other else? things have made a difference for affair prevention
2: i mean one of the things i mean this seems so i guess basic but then i'm on the flip side when you're busy Again, you got small children or you're just busy in your lives and work and all the things you forget about just stopping and checking in with each other. So yeah, I like to give the idea of using the sandwich question. You guys familiar with the sandwich? Question? Why don't you explain it? Yeah. yeah. So you've got, you first ask your partner or I mean, you first tell your partner. Hey, this is some really good stuff I'm seeing. I really like this, or I really appreciate this about you, or it could just be simply something they did that week. Just giving them a positive, some sort of kudos. Then you go into, hey, let's talk about any issues that are going on. What's on your heart and mind? Are there any problems? Are there any things that are, you know, been bought any things that have been bothering you, bugging you, anything? And have a dialogue around that. And then ending it with. The other side of the the other piece of bread on the sandwich is another positive. Okay, so how can we support each other in the future around this problem that we just talked about? What can I do differently? What can I implement? What strategies do we want to play out, see played out in the next, you know, days and weeks so that we can change that behavior, whatever the thing is. So just having it really start positive, end positive, but then you're really talking about some needy stuff in between that's hopefully, again, preventing problems mm-hmm. and disconnect in the relationship.
0: Yeah, I love that.
2: Yeah, and just a regular couple check-in. Yeah.
0: But not just, and it seems like it's so simple. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, not just but focused on what's not working.
2: It. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because you don't you gotta, want it to feel like you're just being attacked. Nobody right. wants to feel like it's just an attack session. Right.
1: Because, I mean, even with... The happy bread on either side. It can be hard to have your partner say, sure. "This thing is going on, and it really isn't working for me."
0: Yeah, or I need something more or less. Or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I, I, it's uh, been my experience mm-hmm. too with a lot of people that end up in affairs. And I think Shirley Glass's research uh, showed that she wrote a book called Not Just Friends, and in her work, she found that so many of these affairs were about you know proximity and people just kind of starting to share their lives with each other. And it really almost yes. becomes this thing of, man, this person's so easy to talk to. Or both for men and women, a lot of people think, oh, men just have affairs because they just want sex. And that's not been my experience, is that a lot of, mm-hmm. uh, there certainly are those cases where it's just a one-night stand, or there's not just a one-night stand, where it's a one-night stand, or it's it's something that's, you know, like an opportunity or something, and then it, nothing ever happens after that, there's no more contact. But in my experience, most of them have an emotional connection component to it.
3: Absolutely. and so men and women aren't
0: really so different in that way we both want someone who sees us and hears us and knows what's going on in our hearts
3: mm-hmm.
2: yeah i see that with men a lot they really just want to feel like they're wanted and needed and that they're you know they got it going on like, that their that, that the ego i feel like needs to be yeah you could speak to this jeff as a man but i think and not that it's a bad thing it's just how men were built but they need they need their ego strokes they need to feel like they're you know, the bomb.com in your life. They don't,
3: <laughs> they,
2: they can't feel like they're at the bottom of the list. You know, yeah. there's your job and the kids and the hobby and the friends and the thing. Oh, and then there's me, right? Men don't want to feel, men, women don't either.
0: Yeah. We all want to feel I special. Just, yeah.
2: I was going to we say. all want that. Yeah. It, it, we all do, but the, I guess it's just a theme that I see with men when I, when we really dig into, well, why did you have the affair? A lot of times it comes down to that. I wasn't feeling like they were into me anymore, that I was even attractive anymore, that they even wanted me or felt like I was a priority in their life anymore. I feel like that's a a major thing, at least that I see. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And I think too, because of a lot of socialization for men, like we are not socialized or even we don't have models for how to talk about feeling like we don't matter. Sure. So a lot of the times women will more naturally, again, we're just kind of stereotyping here, but a lot of women will more naturally advocate for wanting to be seen or connected. Or a lot of times men, Mm -hmm. we just kind of go quiet. I think we have to just, think we just have to like take one for the team or just man up or just, you know, sacrifice or just, you know, be stoic about it. And just that's part of what it means to be a man is to not ask for that because it feels weak or clingy or needy or immature or regressive. And a lot of guys aren't going to do that because it feels very unmanly. And then, of course, it comes out sideways somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of men are silently longing for that, but don't really have language or permission to know how to talk about that. In fact, it reminds me, I remember years ago reading in some article that one of the most you know famous brothels in Nevada, their most requested service was called the girlfriend service. And in most cases, they didn't even have sex. They had an extended amount of time, and they would just like visit... <laughs> Which yep. is so interesting because you're like, you know, you think again, traditionally it's just going to be a, a guy's going to go there and just want to have a, a sexual encounter. But so many of these guys they found were wanting to like visit and build a relationship too, which of course is completely out of bounds. And, and I'm not supporting that at all. And there's, there's no part of me that thinks that any, any of that, you know, prostitution is okay, but it, it speaks to the longing. That's really what it points to. Bingo. It's like the, this, this Absolutely. sort of like. Yes girlfriend experience that they were looking for. It's fascinating.
1: Yeah, that is really it Really kind of flips
0: a lot of what we think in terms of gender roles and emotional connection. So I love what you're saying okay. about the check-in and that couples preventatively can turn to each other and, and not only build each other up, but also address real needs and not let things get too far out.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. I think I just, that's the key is not letting things get too far out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Just not thinking, oh, we're okay. Well, we're just busy. Well, it'll be better next year after the baby is out of diapers, whatever, the, you know, whatever yeah. the thing is, and we just push it off, push it off. And I think if we just, we make ourselves no, we every Tuesday at 4pm, we sit down and we do this. And we talk about this and we make ourselves talk about any issues, any problems, any concerns, let's put them on the table, let's address them. That's not easy to do. But man, it's it really is a preventative tool.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are there any others? Uh, I'd love to hear any other ideas you might have to help our our listeners.
2: Transparency. Oh yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, just being really trans. I mean, having that willingness, anyways, to be not that your partner is going to go and or should be because that's not necessarily healthy, and that's an indicator of something, but to be snooping or looking through people's phones and emails, right? We don't, that's not, none of us really, we don't really want to be doing that. We typically only feel the urge to do that if we're suspecting something. But if we feel that there's this willingness from our partner, we don't get the sense from them that they are hiding their phone, that they're keeping their password from us, or if they're, right? Some Mm -hmm. of those behaviors that kind of send that message. Yeah, that I have something There's some secret. Mm -hmm. So just just having that openness. Here's my phone. Here's my password. Again, your partner's probably not going to look at it ever. But just that you know that it's... If you You wanted to, you could open it up. And your partner would be like, whatever. You're not going to see anything. I don't care. So yeah, I just think that transparency. Does that make sense? Do you guys agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I think it's always a red flag when you know, you're locked out of your partner's digital world. Mm-hmm. I've seen that with bank accounts. I've seen that with phone passwords. It just creates such a feeling of like, um, and breaks the unity. It just creates a lot of suspicion, mm-hmm. fear.
2: Yeah. But I see it's pretty common out there. I mean, I don't know how many times I've heard someone say, well, my phone is like my diary, so you shouldn't be in my phone or, you know, they'll have. And, and whether that's like, they, whether they really have anything to hide or not, it almost becomes not the issue anymore. It's more just that you're just being, again, so private and secret. Yeah. And that just starts to create... Yeah, it erodes trust. hmm hmm So that's mm-hmm. a heavy price to pay for
1: wanting some privacy mm-hmm. on a whole device like that because of what the devices can do. It's not like a book that's a diary, that, like, I'd really like to be able to write whatever I want to in this book and not have you look at it and then... Or my whole world is on this device and I'd really not like you not to have anything to do with
0: it. Yeah, and it's not that like, you know, your, your partner needs to have like a, a play-by-play of every minute of your life. Yeah, no. There, there has no. to be some individuality and a mm-hmm. chance to like sure. have your own thoughts and have your own experiences. Absolutely. But, but it's, really about, it's really about, to me, it's, about, it's really about making sure you're sharing the parts of your life that really matter to your <clears throat> marriage in terms of obviously strengthening it, fidelity, things like that temptations working through stuff like that but even just having the openness to be able to say hey I went here today or I don't know there just needs to be this ability to visibly know where you are what's going on in the relationship and that you wouldn't like die knowing your partner found this out about you you know yeah so that kind of openness I think, I think is pretty safe if you can live
3: like that what's that Yeah Shannon? I think
2: you're I think you're also speaking to maybe this idea. I think Gottman, I think it's the love maps that he talks about the love maps.
3: Oh, John Um, Gottman's love maps.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like this idea too of do we have a sense of what's going on in our partner's world when we're not with them?
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Right. I think that's a piece too, that we just have that sense. I mean, yeah, we may not know where they are 24 seven every minute of every day, but we have a sense of where we give a moment and that. Again, I think that's part of that transparency piece too.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's
0: good, and there, I'm sure there's tons of other ways to do a fair prevention. And so I, you know, just as you're listening to this, I, I, it'd be good to to talk to your partner and and think about what other areas could be vulnerabilities for us. It could be proximity in a coworker situation. It could be, you know, your own personal. There could be parts of you, you know, I've I've worked with some people that are like, you know, I'm just kind of like a really friendly person. I'm just somebody who, and you know, that kind of a person could be sending the wrong message on a regular basis and Mm -hmm. inviting contact or or beliefs that they're available when they're not. Or I've had everything from like, it's really important for you to wear a wedding ring and just like send a signal, you know? And some people are like Mm -hmm. really sensitive to those kinds of things. And so just whatever in your relationship whatever things, you know, for you are risk factors or vulnerabilities. I think you have to be really honest with those and share those with your partner.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, and and, and, and if you had cheating in your past relationship, right, you have particular triggers that are unique to you. So sharing those with your partner and your partner working with you on those, right? So if, if your previous relationship cheated by know sexting somebody continuously so they were continuously on their phone so maybe the trigger is your current partner when they're on their phone a lot so you have that conversation with your with that person and then they have this understanding around my that oh oh, okay so yeah your liable to be triggered if I'm sitting over there on my phone so then now I have this opportunity to be again transparent and say, hey, just FYI, I know I'm really intense on my phone right now, but this is what's going on. Beautiful. Hey, would you like mm-hmm. to look or something yeah. like that? And so it just can squash some of that.
0: So good.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I love that really being sensitive to your partner's sensitivities to know those and honor them. Yeah. And if you've been unfaithful in a previous relationship for you to take ownership and understand why you ended up there and and oh, you know, some yeah. people will, you know, cheat and get divorced or whatever, or break up, and then they'll get into a new relationship and never have done the work to look at what happened. They're just like, well, I lost that one, or I'm just not that person anymore. I'm different, but they've never really done any work. And that can be terrifying for their new partner and a huge risk factor for themselves.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. huge. And that's why in my program, I de- that's a piece of it is we have to look at what happened, what was let's peel away the onion on that, let's find out what was yep. going on underneath. Was it loss? Was it loneliness? Was it the, all the all the different things that we've we've crossed or we've talked a lot about today just to really drill down on what yeah, what what was at the root of my decision to cross that line? Are we really not having a handle on that? Again, that in and of itself is a fair prevention for the future. So mm-hmm. it's crucial. Mm-hmm yeah oh so much good stuff
1: yeah well so Shannon tell our audience where they can find you uh, they can
2: find me on my website reconnectedrelationship.com or I'm on Instagram reconnected underscore relationship
0: perfect fantastic
3: yeah and they can yeah. get
1: information on this course that you've developed and have more access yep. to a fair yep. prevention
2: yes I've actually got a little. A button on there that just talks about a lot of the things we talked about today i think about affair prevention so they can check that out or great check me out for other just tips and information or about my program on there so yeah all right oh fantastic very cool
1: thank you so much for spending time thank with you. us about this
2: yeah this was awesome i love talking with you guys today It was a lot of fun yeah it's been super